Welcome back to the channel. I'm so excited to share with you our episode today, but first I want to let you know about my free narc abuse healing guide to find your peace and heal after the abuse and stress that narcissists leave in their wake and into our souls. And so with this free booklet full of journal prompts and exercises and meditations, you can download it in the show notes and start your healing today. This is a companion guide to my book, Empath of a Narcissist, that you can purchase on Amazon. I would tell my 17-year-old self to trust yourself. This is a quote from our guest today, Amanda Acker. She is the host of the Let the Good Things In show, and I met her in the podcasting community. And she's such an amazing human being. So I just want to remind you guys to subscribe to this channel to receive more. We post videos and hit the bell to get the notifications. We post Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So don't miss out. And today we're talking with Amanda about people pleasers' worst nightmare. The narcissist leaving you high and dry in jail. You don't want to miss this episode. So we're going to dive right in. And on a technical note, my video was not working, so I apologize for that. But I've put a little video edit in there for you, so it's not too uninteresting. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Raven Scott Show. We are here doing Girl Talk with Amanda Acker. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. I'm so excited to be here, Raven. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your wisdom and your experience to, you know, be brought to the, the show. We're talking today about how to not let your past define you, first of all, but really I want to hear the juicy secrets of what her advice would be to her 17-year-old self, which I think is always interesting once we've kind of gone through the muck and life experiences. <laughs> we're like, right. I would probably do this over, but it was there for a reason, but here's the advice that I would give my 17 year old self. <laughs> but before we dive in, I want to share with you about her. She's amazing. And she has the let the good things in show. I've read her human design chart as well. So I know that her main theme is shifting and evaluating justice and the laws around the justice system, which is so intriguing because her main experience in life is firsthand, you know, on the other side of the justice system and being incarcerated. So I love how our life themes tie hand in hand with our experiences, even though that was a horrible experience. You don't ever want to go back. Yeah. No, no thanks. You experienced it so that you could thrive in your life theme. Yeah, I agree. Right? Just an observation. Don't want to trigger you, but yeah, it's just, no. <laughs> it's just, incredible how the universe, the universe kind of orchestrates everything for us. Yeah. So about her, let the good things in show is a podcast and you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts and go ahead and subscribe to that. It's all about second chances and the fact that our past don't have to define our future. And the show will give you hope and inspire those with a difficult past to see that they are worth it and can have the success that they want in life, regardless of what society is telling them. The show focuses on conversations with those who have overcome adversity, such as incarceration, addiction, and mental illness. The conversations on the show are raw and real. Nothing is off the table. I love it. And to hear the voices of those who at one point felt like they didn't have a voice, 
which is also so key. And I love that, Amanda. These stories are inspiring and authentic. There's also a lot of laughs and deep heartfelt discussions. Together, we can change the world. That's so your human design theme. Yes. <laughs> Specifically yeah. around the laws. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's It's been a long time coming. <laughs> so. And what motivated you to start your podcast? Um, you know, the main motivator was selfish. I will say that it was to find a place to tell my story because I lived in this well, under a rock of shame for mm, about 13 or so years where I never spoke my truth. And I got to this point where it was like bubbling up and it was like a pressure cooker about to explode because I couldn't handle hiding behind this facade. Like I would go through, like get jobs and wouldn't tell them my story. You know, nobody knew I would hide it from friends and family. And it was getting to the point where like, if I want to be authentic, cause you hear that word online a lot, be authentic, stay authentic. Right. I'm like, well, and here I am telling people to be authentic, but yet I'm hiding who I really am and what I actually want to do in this world. That's why I started it. And then it flourished into, you know what, like my story is one thing, but imagine if I can find people out there who are just like me and have been, you know, never felt safe to tell their story or ones who are already out there telling their story and share them even further to inspire other people to not live in shame for as long as I did. So. Are you searching for a place that your soul can spiritually grow that is safe and quiet? We truly want every single soul to know that you are supported and empowered in your soul's journey. You are unique and here for a particular reason. Myself, the author and YouTuber and podcaster, as well as Jessica Schiller Silverman, a podcaster of the Alive podcast, have joined together to create a beautiful community for you to grow and heal spiritually, supported together to join and lean into our self-care and more importantly, our self-empowerment. We collectively, as a membership on the Patreon, have everything aligned to divinely flow for you. We draw tarot cards and share intuition and wisdom that you need to hear in that moment. We hold quiet space and have a full library of meditations growing. We upload exclusive content that you gain early access to all our amazing podcasts and videos from the Raven Scott Girl Talk Show, from the Alive Podcast, from the Thriving Intuitive Podcast, and we join together and share what's on our hearts and teach wisdom for your heart's nourishment during these trying times. We also host live Q&As on any spiritual tarot, human design, or moonbeam related topics. We have three tiers. We have the maiden, the mother, and the guide. We do invite you to look at which level works best for you. So join us on Patreon today at the Soul Collective Community. That's patreon.com forward slash soul collective, the number nine. I can't wait to see you there and support each other. I love it. That's beautiful. That's how every actual, you know, I think thriving thing starts because you feel the pain, like you have the empathy and you attract those to your show that have that same experience as you that need you. Because I think that's the big thing about all these different movements is that 
there are thousands and millions of people that have been through what you've been through, feel the pain you feel, and just need someone to be bravely stepping up and to speak and to start a movement. So that's a challenge. I appreciate you speaking up and stepping up and like, okay, I'm going to get outside of my rock. Yeah. And I'm going to share my really raw, vulnerable story because it's raw and vulnerable. You have to go to her podcast to listen to her whole story. She starts up a whole journey of how she, you know, her childhood and really how she ended up incarcerated and just the, the whole journey. But I want to know, what would you tell yourself, your 17-year-old self now? There's so many things I would tell my 17-year-old self. I'm sure I could probably list off a lot, but one of the main things I would tell me at 17 is to trust myself because all the things I've experienced over my life stemmed from me not trusting myself. I was always so concerned with what other people would think, or I was concerned with losing friendships. So, you know, at 17, that's right before the storm really started to come down on me. And you know, when I went to college right out of high school, I majored in criminal justice, which is so bizarre considering <laughs> my life story. So and, much on your theme, right? You're, you're like majoring yeah. in the laws. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Human yes. design is so key. And it's like, you're living your theme without even recognizing it. Then. Yeah, exactly. Like I was just talking about this the other day. I was like, you know, my dream as a child was to be a school teacher. But for some reason, when I went to college, it's not what I chose to major. Now I did choose that after the fact, but uh, my first initial experience was criminal justice and I wanted to be a probation officer and I wanted to help people. And I didn't know why back then. And I think that if I would have, you know, if I would have had me now to tell me back then to stay on this path and to listen to myself and to not allow others to influence me so much that my life would have been drastically different than it is. Absolutely. That's the hardest part. I think for a lot, a lot of us who are highly sensitive, who are empaths, or even just kind of good kind people that get suckered into the vortex of narcissists is we just get kind of blown off. Like we're not in Kansas anymore. Like your path that you were on. Narcissus was a tornado that took you on over to some other random dark path. Do you love to express yourself through swag, shirts, coffee mugs, and sweatshirts? Check out our new merch shop at Etsy, The Raven Scott Show. It's now open on Etsy. So head on over to find your beautiful tote bag, coffee mugs, t-shirts, sweatshirts. You can even find an ebook version of my book, as well as water tumblers and journals and an option to purchase your human design reading. And I've just designed some new mugs I'm so excited to upload today. You're going to love them. So visit etsy.com forward slash shop Raven Scott show. Can you identify any of those key people you would think were that took you off the path. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot in my past people who influenced me in a negative way, but before I go through that, I will say that these were all my choices. So even though I was influenced, I have the choice to say no. And I chose not to. Right. So, Hmm? um, you know, the road you chose to go left or right. Yeah. Yeah. And I always went left, but you know, I think it all started as a young child, like my mother, me and her are very close now. So everything's good there. But 
she kept me in this bubble. Like if I could make friends, like they were weird. Or if, you know, someone invited me to spend the night, it would be no. Or if I wanted friends to come over, like I was, I always felt like having friends was almost wrong. And she'd make me feel like that, that innate guilt for choosing to go out and be with my friends rather than stay home and spend time with her. So I think that kind of instilled something in my brain as a child and moving forward in life, I tended to attract friendships and men and all kinds of different things that I just have to pause there. Yes. I have to hit on that point because I agree what I've discovered is like, you think, oh, this, this girl has daddy issues. That's why she's picking bad boys. It actually is more related to how your mother shows you love. Like the Dalai Lama talks about the mother has the biggest, most important role in showing their child compassion. And however the mother loves, and that's why I'm so keen on being careful how I love my children and what I say, like not to control them is because I see myself as trying to model like, who I would want them to marry. And it better be how I act because it's like, if you have a distant mother, you somehow get attracted to a partner who's distant with you emotionally. If you have, like you said, like a narcissistic mother, you always are, you're, you're attracted to a narcissistic or super selfish partner. So I've just noticed that pattern. So I just wanted to put that out there that healing the mother wound is really important to move forward. Yeah. You know, and, and that's so true because like I was saying, you know, friends I would pick, like it was always the girls who were cool, you know, but if I ever decided I wanted to do something that wasn't in line with what they were doing, I was weird or, oh my gosh, Amanda, you're so like annoying. Or I would get like that. Oh, you're just scared, you know, like, you know, you're not cool enough. And so I would be like, oh, well, I want to be cool. Like, who doesn't want to be cool? You know, <laughs> yeah, so, we all struggle with that. <laughs> yeah. So I would, you know, go along for the ride, so to speak. And then when it came to men, I tended to attract men who were deadbeats for lack of a better word. Like they wouldn't, they, I was one providing, I was the one who had to, go out there and work. Like I was the one who had to figure it all out. I was the one who had to make sure the bills were paid. Like I never found a true partner. And I can also reflect that back to growing up because no, my father wasn't abusive in the technical sense of the word, but he wasn't an emotionally available man. He still isn't for me, at least. I don't know what it's like for his new wife and new daughter, but you know, for me, I didn't feel a connection there. So I saw my mom struggle with that, you know, on top of her, the way she was. And I'm also seeing her being treated with this emotional disregard, you know? So I thought that was normal. I thought that's Mm -hmm. just what men were, you know, and, you know, being forced into situations by other people feel feeling forced into situations that I knew deep down weren't right for me. It was very easy for me to, you know, because it was easier. Like, why not bend? Because then I don't have to deal with that conflict. I don't like conflict. I still don't. So I'm a Mm, people pleaser. And it just, you know, feeding that narrative of, well, I have to do what everyone else is doing because if I say what I want, it's wrong. Yeah, because there was the environment in your home where Mm -hmm. you had to constantly make sure your mom was happy. You Mm -hmm. were the one giving her the emotional sustenance, which then, yeah, made conditioned you. 
to make sure you gave everyone else in your life emotional sustenance and you sacrificed your own sacrificing oh, yeah. sleepovers and friends or whatever it all you can accumulate and multiplies to the bigger stuff in your life too. Yeah, that's very true. You know, because with boys, uh, I don't know why I said boys, I guess men, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Sometimes with, they are boys inside <laughs> men's bodies, <laughs> depending on their emotional intelligence. <laughs> but I grew up very like I said, in this bubble. So if I did like a boy, I wasn't allowed to talk to him on the phone. I wasn't allowed to go over his house. I wasn't allowed to go on dates, like all these things. Mm. So as soon as I was like old enough to kind of make those decisions on my own, I went crazy with it, you know? So it was like, Oh, now it's like, it's up to me, you know? And totally relate in a different sense. Like your, your mom wanted your attention or my parents just wanted me not to have any like out of biblical context relationship with boys. It's funny how there's different motivations, but the same kind of controlling, like, no, not this and this, and that's off limits. So then when you're independent, you just go experiment or you go for the bad person because you have, you haven't had little experiments and guidance along the way. Right. I remember at a very young age, I just turned 18. So I thought I was still a senior in high school, but I thought, ha ha, I'm an adult now. So I started dating this guy who was, you know, four years older than me, very bad news. And I ran away with him. And I remember because the parents are divorced at this point. And so my mom was dealing with her own stuff. So I was living with my dad and I remember calling him from a payphone. That's how old I am. And (laughs) I swore on the phone and he was like, you can't talk to me like that. But that was like my first act of rebellion that my true, like I did other things prior to that, but that was like true rebellion. But deep down it was because I just wanted my dad's attention. Mm -hmm. I wanted someone to see me and it didn't work from Mm -hmm. that point forward. My dad essentially gave up on me and I no longer had anybody, Mm -hmm. but backfired. You know, so I kept falling into the arms of men who would take Mm -hmm. care of me, so to speak. But at the end of the day, it all ended up with me out on my ass. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, And it's, it's not uncommon. You're definitely not in a boat of one. You were in a boat of millions, (laughs) but that, you know, experience of the 18 year old rebellion, because you felt controlled, you felt like you didn't have enough freedom or you know, guidance to be experimenting through all that. And so you're like, well, screw you. I'm going to go do your own, my own thing, but you're still a child emotionally, but please like come rescue me. Like if I make a mistake or please, and that type of parenting mentality, they don't have the emotional capacity to be able to rescue you, to be able to guide you now at 18. Cause they didn't, when you were younger, like it just, this vicious cycle of like, please, see me, come help me like, tell me how to figure this out. And they're like, I can't, I don't know how. And it becomes like this very, you know, difficult, difficult process for you to learn. You know, you learn the life lessons the hard way, very hard way, you know, and you know, that kind of kept going throughout my life. You know, when I was in college for the one year I lasted, I overdosed and I would have died if it wasn't for this guy who was with me. I think the universe for him every single day. He saved, literally saved my life. And even then my dad just, there was no care there. It was more of a, well, how am I going to pay these hospital bills, Mandy? And I'm like, what, Mm. (laughs) you know? So like you're still not seeing what's in front of you and being grateful for it. Yeah. So it was more like the more I pushed, the further I pushed, got pushed away 
that was the opposite of what I actually wanted, but I didn't know how to express my emotions because growing up the way I did, I thought emotions were wrong. I wasn't allowed to be upset. I wasn't allowed to be sick. I couldn't, you know, all these things that I thought weren't okay. So I didn't even know how to express myself. Therapy was not something that was looked at as okay, you know, at that point in my life. And I didn't know how to get help. And I was crying out for help and nobody saw me. Mm -hmm. That is why I would tell my 17 year old self again, if we can relate it back to that as a trust myself, because even going into drug abuse, I knew it was wrong, but I just didn't want to feel anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to deal with anything and not feeling was the best option at that moment in life. Right. It was too intense and you didn't have any emotional guidance to know how to deal with it. Makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. Trust yourself, trust your gut. So if you, since you didn't trust yourself, you went into numbing. If you had trusted yourself, what would you have done? I would have kept my head down in a book and studied and graduated college at the top of my class and led a career. And I would already be very successful, financially successful in my life. And I would have, you know, I remember like thinking in college, like something about being a probation officer. And then it went to, well, I want to be bigger than that. So it went to like all these, like I wanted to be this, I wanted to be the CEO of like this massive built corporation or something in downtown New York city. And, you know, I'd have this penthouse apartment in Manhattan and ride the ferry and have a dog and just live like this single life. It was really weird because it's not at all like now me now. I don't want that. I love my life with my husband, my kids, but back then that's what I would have, maybe that would have been my path. I don't know. Yeah. Or you would have done part of the path. I could even see you, you know, becoming like a defense attorney and you know, doing all that. Not that that, that would definitely not get you the the penthouse thing. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, I've thought about being an attorney, but I don't have the bandwidth or the time to study and go to law school. That's a huge, that would have been something you could have done when you trust yourself younger. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that I've thought about it. I was like, Oh, like how amazing would that be? Like I worked for criminal defense law firm a few years ago and I loved it. Yeah. I loved what I did, but you know, yeah, maybe that would have been where I'd be at. Maybe I'd be, you know, traveling the world and speaking and helping, you know, people who were going through some like the hardest times of their lives, like getting convicted of a crime or even being arrested in general is by far the, I mean, I've been through some crap and that was the scariest thing I've ever been through. Getting your freedom taken from you and being who I was back then, you know, I've never been in trouble before. I got, I didn't even get detention, not once in my entire life. You were a good girl, people pleaser, making sure everyone was taken care of. And that's what I was trying to do in that moment too. I just wanted to keep everyone else happy and we needed money and drugs were at play too. So I was seduced by this chaotic lifestyle that I wound up in. And I remember thinking I'm being arrested in that moment. Like, how did I end up here? How did I get here? And how am I going to get myself out of this? You know, and I didn't have the answer. Mm -hmm. And you want to talk about crying. Oh my gosh. Like 
I remember when you get out, so you get arrested, this is totally off topic, but you get arrested when you get out, you have to put your clothes back on that you wore when you got arrested. Oh God, that's triggering. And they smelled so bad because I was sweating. I mean, you, I mean, never in my life have I sweat so much out of fear. Yeah. The fear sweat. And then they stuff it in a plastic bag and it like molds in there while you're waiting. And it's like, Oh my God. Like have to like, you're just free. You know, you just get left out of the jail. And I was in for a week when I got arrested. I remember, okay, like I have no money. I smell. So everyone's going to think I'm a homeless person, which I was at that point, you know, and it was horrifying. It was a horrifying experience. I did find a payphone though. You did find a payphone. Good thing you were raised in the times where there were payphones. So you could actually use payphones. Yeah. All of the, all of the generations now don't know how to use a payphone. Yeah. Like just call 1-800-COLLECT. <laughs> they probably still, you know, ask someone, I'm sorry, excuse me. Can I use your cell phone? I don't know what a payphone is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I can't, oh I couldn't imagine it happening now because what would you do? You didn't have a cell phone. Would you You'd do? have to ask to borrow someone's cell phone. I guess you could go to like a cafe and ask to use their phone. I'm just thinking yeah. of like a movie that I might have seen. Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> I don't the know. depths of my memories, but that I mean, is I will just say I did oh. do that though. When I was incarcerated, we, I had work release. And I remember walking up to a stranger and asking for cell phone. That was pretty ballsy. <laughs> yeah. Well, when desperate times call for desperate measures. Yeah. I would never dream to do that now, but you got to do what you got to do to survive. So, yeah. So it's absolutely, I would say like the worst case scenario for being a people pleaser would be your case, right? The person trying to take care of everyone, make sure no one's upset. And of course, all the narcissists around you are going to point the finger at you, the nice person. And then therefore, you know, the law catches you. I, yeah. And I, I think the other thing that, that, that popped in my head when you were talking is even though, like, let's say you followed your advice, which would have been a lot easier road, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have the true life experience and empathy to relate to people who you are passionate about helping now. You would have not gone to jail. You have not had experience. It, you know, you, you, it would have been a theory in your mind. Let's say you're an attorney. And so really, you know, you, through our experiences come the wisdom and the empathy to bring that compassion and to ease the suffering of others who are going through it. That's very true. Like I, you know, if I could go back in time and relive my life from the age of 15 and on, I can't say that I would do anything differently because then I wouldn't be who I am today. Right. Like, yeah, Yeah, those situations sucked. And I lived in very dark, dark, dark mindset for an extremely long time from 15 to 36. I want to say I was 36 when I finally had my final rock bottom. It's a long time to live in darkness. But when Mm -hmm. I came out of it, oh my gosh, like my passion, my experiences, everything that I've been through fuel me to help other people not either not have to experience it or those who are already experienced it or have not have to live in that shameful state of mind for so long and keep repeating the same patterns like I did. You know, that was the first yeah. time and the last time I went got incarcerated, but my, my patterns still continued after that. It didn't stop. 
that. Yeah. It's so subconscious. It takes a lot, you know, patience and hard work to rewrite the subconscious. Yeah. 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 It's still a work in progress, guys. It's not easy. Always, always. It's so interesting that 36 is your rock bottom because at 37, we all experience a North Node return. That's where the North Node points return in your birth chart and astrology for any astrology nerds or interesting. Like I just love it's my hobby. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where your soul's yearning and purpose gets ignited. That is so interesting because I just turned 38. So last year was when I had that breakthrough because I had gone through certification to be an online business manager, snooze. I, <laughs> I, I'm, whoever can do that job, more power to you because I can't, I just can't handle it. Um, but you got certified to go went through all that education. Yeah. So I thought, Hey, like I'm good at admin. So this is my thing. Yeah. But it quickly turned into, uh, like, I don't want to do it. Like any discovery calls, like, uh, like I don't, or, you know, they would ask me questions and I'd be so uncomfortable and I would bomb like every single time I just couldn't land a client. And then I had this moment of clarity where I was like, because this isn't what you're meant to do. Yeah. You need to follow the path that you've been trying to push away for so many years and start that podcast, start telling your story, yeah. find other people who've you know been incarcerated, who are doing great things and collaborate with them and get your message out there because that's what you're put here to do. So kept my day job and that's what my passion is. And that's what I'm working towards. So, yeah. And it's beautiful. And it is exactly what your soul's here to do your purpose and your theme. I, I just have to cut it off here and tell you guys to go and listen to her podcast, the Let the Good Things In show. Listen to her, her entire story. She goes through it the first um, few episodes, and then she's got amazing guests on, and she's doing, you know what, like you're, you're, you're on fire. You're ignited. And yes, it's a work in progress. You're a little sapling that will then <laughs> bloom and blossom into a strong tree with your perseverance and your discipline in this area. So I appreciate your advice and just having girl talk with you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I liked the conversation and it was a lot of fun. So it's always a lot of fun with you, Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for watching. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next video. Don't forget to keep your unique light shining. Try to let go of the past. I close my eyes, embrace the blast. Sleepless nights and headaches.